Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Now here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at the Church RC, and we're so honored to have each and every one of you. We hope that you feel at home here. Uh, if you need anything at all, please let us know. You'll see uh, people that have an Ask Me badge. Please go up to them, ask them any questions, or you'll see a connect table in either entryway, and you're able to go up and just ask them if you have any questions at all. We're happy to answer anything. We want you to uh, feel completely at home during your visit here. Uh, hopefully, we believe that we aren't, aren't the church for everybody, but we are the church for somebody, and we hope that somebody's you. And uh, so we we would love for you, if you don't have a church home, if you say, you know what, I'm looking for a place, we hope that this might be the church for you. And and uh, we've got a lot of exciting things happening here at the Church RC. Uh, we have Sisterhood. Come on, girls, where are you at? <laughs> sisterhood is coming up this Friday night. This Friday night, it's at uh, it's in Greenville, uh, and, and it's at their, what's the actual technical term for it? The GMA? The GMA, not to be confused with the CMAs, but it's the GMA. And, uh, and uh, Crystal is uh, releasing her book. Come on. It's a big day, proud husband moment. I'll let you know how proud I am. It's opening day is Saturday for, in Oklahoma for deer hunting, and I'm missing opening day. Sacrifice is real, y'all. And um, y'all pray for me. The big one will just have to live another day. So, uh, but no, she, it's, so, it's such a great thing. We have, I think there's 700 and something women signed up right now. And it's just going to be incredible. Uh, and she's releasing her book. I mean, people are flying in from all over the place just to be a part of this because they love uh, my wife. And she's doing an awesome job. And it's going to be a, a good time just celebrating with all the ladies. And so we have that going on. We also have child dedication is the second week in December. And so if you have a child, we don't say baby dedication at this church, because here's the thing is that child, children of all ages can come and be dedicated. And you're just saying, you know what, I'm making a decision that I'm going to raise my kid in the house of God. It, the Bible says that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what it is. It's, it's coming before everybody because, you know, there's an old saying that says it takes a village to raise a child. We believe it takes a church to raise a child. And what we are, we're just committed to come along beside you and help you in any way that we can to make sure that you have everything that you need as you are trying to raise godly kids. It's not easy. Amen. And uh, so we've got a lot of great things. Before I jump into today's message, can you do me a favor and just welcome all of our online community? Come on, people that are listening online. We love you. We're so thankful. Please, if you're ever in the area, stop by and visit. And uh, we, we hope that you would come in. We have people, it's amazing that people listen from all over. Uh, 12 different countries listen on a regular basis. And, uh, and we're, just, we're just honored to be a part of their lives. And uh, technology is an amazing thing. Uh, but we're in a series called You Asked For It. And uh, if, you're, if you're not from here or you don't know what's going on, what we do is we, we send out a poll And we asked people, what would you like for us to preach on? 
Because here's the deal is that I could come up with series after series after series, but every now and then I like to pause and say, what would you like me to preach on? Like, what, 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 we, what are you dealing with in the trenches? What's going on in your life? And so we send out a ton of different messages and people are able to pick. And what we do is we start with the, the number one, which was last week. We started with number one and, and we said, uh, how, you know, it was, it was what it, how to have faith in hard times. Start with number one, and then we just begin to work our way down the list until we end the series. We don't obviously get to every question, but, but here uh, today I get to talk to you about, what am I talking to you today about? I'm getting to talk to you today about what do you do when you don't know what to do. I think y'all really want to test me as a pastor uh, because this is, a, this is not an easy question to answer, but I'm going to do my best in the next 34 minutes to try to answer this question. What do you do when you don't know what to do? If you got a Bible, turn to James 1, 5. James 1, 5. And uh, this is going to be where we park for the day. James 1, 5, it says this, if, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So, Lord, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You know, that's a great question. The truth is, is it seems like, I don't know if, if you feel this way or if it's just me, but it seems like life is a continual decision. And it seems like the older you get, the bigger the decisions are. Right? I mean, it, it, it seems like these are, these are big decisions that come our way. It's like life is always asking you to make another decision. Where should you go for dinner? That's a big one in our house. And the woman always says, I don't care. And then you throw out a place and she says, no, I don't want to go there. Don't do that. Where do you go for dinner? That's a question, right? I mean, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Uh, wh- what college do you go to? That's easy A&M because that's the God's team. And, uh, that, but, but here's the, here's the, there's so many questions. What car do you buy? Come on. Right? What house should I get? What, should I marry this guy or that guy? That's a hard one, right? I don't know about you. And here's the thing is, is that there, there are some decisions that people put a lot of pressure on. I don't know. I grew up in a Christian home, and for me, I would always be asked the question, are they the one? Like, there's one person in seven billion, and I got to find them? Like, that's a lot of pressure. I used to have so, it was so much pressure on me, I would think, man, if I don't go to the movies, and I'm supposed to go to the movies, what if I miss the one? Turns out I found the one in the lumber yard. And here's, here's just a little bit of wisdom for you. If it, my dad, I, one day I went to him and I said, dad, what do I do? I just don't, you know, before I was married, I don't know what to do. I don't know how, what do I, is there just one? He said, Brian, there's a hundred girls out there to make you a great wife. 
One might be better than the other, but uh, there's a hundred girls out there that would make you an awesome wife. And all of a sudden the pressure was just like, it's not the one, but there's so many decisions to make. You know, what house do I buy? And all of these decisions compile and you go, man, I don't know if I make this decision. Let me just tell you this. You are going to make some mistakes. As a parent, as a spouse, as an employee, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. But here's the great thing is we serve a God of second chances. Right? We mess up. We make mistakes. We don't make right choices sometimes. So just give yourself a break. Don't put so much pressure on yourself that you think that every decision is a life-altering decision because the truth is, is not all decisions are life-altering, but they're still there. In an effort to try to make this whole thing a little bit easier on us, we come up with all kinds of different ways to help us make decisions, right? Come on, we, how many of you ever flipped a coin to make a decision? Huh? I was watching Batman the other day and Two-Face and he's flipping a coin to decide if you live or die. That, that, that's a decision process and most decisions aren't life and death, but it's there, you know? And here's the thing is, is that we come up with all these different kinds of things to make decisions. We, we, we try, uh, as Christians, we sit back and we do what's called a fleece test. Have you ever heard of a fleece test? If you've never heard of a fleece test, it's basically like this. It's, if it's raining tomorrow, I'll take the job. And if it's not raining, I won't take the job. Like the weather somehow should make the decision for you. Like that, that's not necessarily a good way to make a decision in my opinion. I, I've, I've heard of Christians doing, this is, a, this is a very popular one in Christian culture, is the Bible flip. Flip open your Bible and point to a scripture. That's a word from God. I heard about one man who did this. Flipped open his Bible and he, tur- he, he pointed his finger and it landed on 1 Chronicles 19.4. And it says, therefore Hanan took David's servants, shaved them, and cut off their garments at the buttocks and sent them away. It's confusing. So he goes, well, I don't know what's going on. So he flipped it again and it landed on Luke 10.37. And it says, then Jesus said, go and do likewise. How many of you know that's not the word of the Lord? Right? That's not a word from God. That doesn't work out. I mean, I've heard of times and places when it does work out. But, but the truth is, is a lot of times we come up with all these different ways. And, you know, as a, as a staff, we're always making decisions. I mean, we have a lot of decisions to make. And, uh, and one day we were moving into our new offices and we were, we were trying to get all this. We were deciding paint colors and we were deciding like, everything. Like we're trying to figure out everything that needs to go in and all this different stuff. And, and we've gotten so tired of making decisions that Crystal Figueroa came up with the dice of destiny. And here's the deal is what we would do is uh, what color should we paint? Should we pick white or should we pick off white? And we would roll the dice and it would land and whatever it landed on. No, what? That's not a good way to make a decision, right? You can't make a decision based on that. How many of you have ever used an eight ball? That's witchcraft, brother. No, it's not. Don't be so religious. But there's all these different ways that we try to make decisions. And sometimes decisions are overwhelming. 
And sometimes decisions can paralyze us. We get to a place to where we think, I don't know what to do. Should I go right or should I go left? Or should I do this or should I do that? Should I take this job? Should I take that job? What major should I pick? Should I marry this person? And they just become so overwhelming that sometimes they paralyze us. And so we choose not to make a decision at all. But the, the truth is, is that in not making a decision, we're actually making a decision. So there has to be a better way. Right? There has to be a better way of knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. There has to be something that we can all do. Uh, the other day I was, um, truth is, I, I, we have a dog named Maverick. And uh, Maverick is a weenie dog and he's awesome. And uh, I, you just got to love Maverick. He's just got this, he's got a lot of personality. Well, he was shivering. And me being a good pet owner, I decided, I know I got to find his coat because I, I'm a crazy dog person who has a coat for a dog, whatever. I, I don't understand that. But I was like, I got to find his coat. He's shivering. He's cold. It's cold outside. So I'm looking around for his coat. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go upstairs. And, I, and, and so I'm looking and I realized something. I opened the, the, I never go upstairs. And I opened the closet and I looked down. I'm looking all around for his coat. And I noticed that there's an inch of water in the pan of my hot water heater upstairs. And I was like, that's not good. I don't think. And you know, the, the thing is, is that the, the first thing that I didn't wasn't posted on Facebook. I didn't call my best friend, Scott Boney and say, Hey guy, I just want to tell you about this problem that I'm having. I didn't do that. You know, the first thing that I did, I texted Gary Sickles because Gary Sickles is a plumber. He's my friend and he's a plumber. It's good to have plumber friends. I text him and I said, hey, Gary, I've got an inch of water in my pan in my hallway. And he goes, uh, you know what? And you know what was amazing is Gary knew exactly what to do. Right. Gary knew exactly how to fix the problem. There was no other person that I had to go to. There was nobody else that I had to consult. He knew exactly what to do and how to fix the problem. And James says this, there is somewhere you can go when you don't know what to do. I love it. James 1, 5, I'll read it again. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. Let him ask of God and he will give you wisdom and how to make the decision. I'm telling you right now, in every area of your life, there is somewhere you can go and someone you can ask that knows how to solve your problems. The problem is, is that most of the time we go to God as a last ditch effort. Something we go, well, I guess all I can do now is pray. No, that's the very first thing you should do when you have an issue, call an expert. So if we know who to go to, we know who to ask, then the issue isn't where do I go or what do I do when I'm having some issues in my life. The question is, how do I hear? How do I hear God's response? How, how do I know what God is speaking, what God is saying, because if, if, and here's the thing is, is God is always speaking. The question isn't, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? And how do we hear God's voice? 
How do we know what to do when we don't know what to do? How do we hear? How do we tune our ears to hear God's voice? There was a famous opera singer. And this opera singer had uh, all of a sudden, for some reason, lost the ability to be able to hit certain notes. Obviously, this is a big deal to an opera singer because this is what he does for a living. He couldn't figure out what was going on. He'd been singing for years. He knew that these notes were in his range. He knew that he was perfectly able to hit these notes. So he began to seek out help. Like, who? I need to go to somebody. I need to figure out what's going on. I need to figure out what, what to do about this. And so he began to go to doctor after doctor after doctor to try to figure it out. Every one of these doctors diagnosed him with a voice problem. But the opera singer wasn't buying it because he knew that these, he could sing these notes. He knew that they were in range. He wasn't having a difficult time. He just couldn't figure out why can't I hit these notes? There's something wrong. And that's when he went to a specialist named Alfred Tomatis. Tomatis was a specialist and began to try to do, to do different tests on him to figure out what was going on, what's, what's happening, what, what, what the problem is. And everybody, he, he went to him and said, everybody's telling me it's a vocal problem, but I'm not buying it. I know that I, these notes are within range. And so what, what Tomatis did was, is he set up a sonometer, which m- measures decibels. And he asked the opera singer to sing and just belt out a note. Any of you have ever been to an opera, right? He asked him to belt out a note, and when he sang, it registered at 140 decibels at a meter. Now, just to give you a little bit of reference, that is louder than a jet taking off an aircraft carrier. It's loud. And with that, he was able to diagnose the man with the problem. The man did not have a voice problem, The man was deaf. He was actually deafened by his own voice. He had sang so loud for so long. If it's, if it's 180 decibels or 140 decibels at a meter, what is it like inside your head? And he had deafened himself. And here's the deal is that most of us don't have a voice problem. We have a hearing problem. We have been deafened by our own self-talk for so long. We've been talking to ourselves. You can't do that. There's no way this is going to work out. Everything you do just turns to bad. You, 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 you can't do this. You can't. And we talk to ourselves so much. And here's the thing is that it's not bad enough that we're deafened by self-talk. Here is the problem is, is that we have everybody else that's talking. We can't get, a, God can't get a word in edgewise because we're not quiet long enough. To hear his whispers. Because you think, God, you're a big God. You need to get louder. The truth is, is we need to learn to get quieter. Because God always speaks to us when we're the quietest. That's when God can speak to us the most clearly. When we're quiet. We say, God, what are you saying? What are you speaking? What do you want us to do? Our world has become so polluted by noise. I'm guilty of this, guys. I'm telling you right now. I mean, the minute you wake up, you're on Facebook. Been there, done that. Huh? You got a free moment, you're playing Clash of Clans. That's me. I love that game. Don't judge me, I'm a nerd. 
Huh? There's all these different things that are always biting for your time and your attention. And there's no, come on, you get in the car and you put on music or you put on a podcast or, or you're doing, you're always doing something. There's no time for God to speak. It's not that he's not speaking. It's just that we're not listening. An audio ecologist named Gordon Hampton recently documented the last great quiet places in America. I don't know how in the world he did this, but he decided I'm gonna find the last great quiet places. Now, in order to make this quiet list, it had to give 15 minutes of quiet during daylight hours. 15 minutes of complete and total silence during daylight hours. He searched all across America and he found this. There are only 12 places in the United States that offer 15 minutes of silence. Everything else has noise constantly. And when we're surrounded by noise all the time, how do we hear a whisper from God? When we always have something that's whispering in our ear or yelling in our ear or shouting in our ear, how do we begin to hear what God is saying? I think this, I think God is speaking. And I think there's some ways that I think that we need to begin to tune our ear and hear what God is saying to each and every one of us. Now I'll tell you this, this is some of the ways that God speaks. This is not the only ways God speaks. I, I, God, can, God is God, and God can do whatever he wants to do. Like if he decides to speak to you uh, through a tennis shoe, he can decide to speak to you through a tennis shoe, right? I mean, God can do whatever he wants to do because he's God, but here's some ways that I've found that God speaks to me. Are you ready? How do you do what, when you don't know what to do? How do you, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Listen to God's voice, and God speaks through desire. God speaks through desire. Psalms 37, four says this, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now here's the thing. Let me just say this right now that every desire is not from God. God does not want you to steal from your employer to pay for that vacation that you so desperately need. Come on. It might be your desire, but that's not God's desire. Come on. God does not want you to have an affair on your spouse just because you're listening to the wrong spirit. Come on. Lusty Lusterton. Yes. <laughs> that's not what God wants, right? There, there, the thing is, is that just because every desire is not from God does not mean that God does not speak through desire. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What's amazing is, is that God uses desires to speak to me. And sometimes what, what I found is this, is that desires don't always make sense. People ask me all the time, Brian, how'd you decide Roy City to plant a, how'd you decide to plant a church in Roy City? I knew nobody, absolutely nobody, right? I didn't have a house. I didn't have a building. But there was something when I would drive through Roy City that called my name and it wasn't the scenery. 
But there was something when I would drive from Sulphur Springs to Dallas and from Dallas to Sulphur Springs, there was something that as I was driving along and I, and I began to, and God put a desire in my heart to plant a church, there was something in me that whenever I would drive through this area, I would pull off the, the interstate and I would just drive around because God had planted a desire in my heart. It doesn't make sense. It didn't, it didn't, make, it didn't line up with everything that I thought, but there was something that God had put a desire in my heart. And some of you need to start listening to the desires of your heart. It might not make sense all the time, but here's the deal is that God speaks through desire. The second way God speaks is through doors. Through doors. Revelations 3 talks about this, that God will open doors that no man can shut and he'll shut doors that no man can open. So sometimes you, you keep trying to do something and it seems like that door won't open. Maybe God is trying to tell you that you shouldn't walk through it. Here's the thing is, is you can force yourself through any door. You can force yourself into that relationship. You can force yourself into that job. You can force yourself into that mortgage that you can't afford. You can force your way in. But here's the deal is that sometimes God speaks through doors and sometimes that's an open door and sometimes that's a closed door. Now here's the catch. When, this is one of the biggest prayers that I pray. God, I pray right now that you would open doors that no man can shut. God, I pray that you'd shut doors that no man can open. God, if it's not your will, you shut this door. You close this door. You, you make it impossible for me to walk through it. God, I want to be in your perfect will. Here's the deal is that you cannot pray one without the other. You can't just say, God, I just want you to open every door for me and not say, God, I want you to close doors that I'm not supposed to walk through. Because if you're saying, God, I need you to speak to me through this door. And so when you come up to it and there's a closed door, you need to say, you know what, God, if you close this door, I, I, I just pray that it would stay closed. Lord, don't let me walk through it. See, here's the thing is it's really hard to, to pray for closed doors. It's easy to pray, pray for open doors. God, open every door. What's amazing is, is that when you start doing this and when you start asking God, God, I pray that you would open doors. No man can shut and you close doors that no man can open. You'll find this, when God opens a door, the next, that door leads to another door. Yeah. And that door leads to another door. And you begin to understand that God is, the, the Bible says this, the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. And if you really believe that, that means that God can ordain your steps. God can ordain the doors that you walk through. And if you find yourself at the door and it's closed, Maybe it's closed for a reason because it's not, it looks right. And I've been at doors that everything looks right. Everything, man, this, I mean, this is awesome. This is incredible. This is going to be perfect. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be, I, I mean, how could you go wrong? And it seems like it's not right. And later on find out that if I would have walked through that door, it would have been a bad decision, not just for me, but for my family. God speaks through doors. God shut the doors that I'm not supposed to walk through. Third way God speaks is God speaks through people. God speaks through people. You know, uh, you'll see over and over again, if you read the Bible at all, you'll find out that, the, that, that God speaks. He, he's always using people to deliver his message. God uses people to deliver his message. Now, let me just throw in a disclaimer here. Not everybody that says, thus saith the Lord, 
is God's messenger. I've had a lot of crazy say, thus saith the Lord. A lot of crazy. I had one girl that said, thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to be my husband. I was like, no, he ain't. God ain't made me blind. Huh? You don't know who she is. Don't feel bad for her. She used the God card. You can't play the God card. To, if you, want, you want all of this? You're, oh, no, 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 no. You, you, thus saith the Lord. Just because somebody says, thus saith the Lord, does not mean that they are the right, they're, they're speaking for God. You have to understand that there are some people that will try to use a God card or say God said to try to get their will. Not God's will, right. but their will. Right. Uh, when we were trying to figure out if we were supposed to leave and plant the church, and I'll, and I'll just throw this out there, but when we were trying to figure it out, we felt like we were praying. We were asking God, God, should we do this? We knew the city. We knew where we were supposed to go. We felt like this was right, but it's a hard decision. What do I do? Should I, I don't know what to do. This is a big decision. And we felt like we had some friends coming in to preach for us at my dad's church. We felt like for some reason that these are the, they they know they're going to have a word from God. I don't know why, but that's just what we felt. These are awesome people, great men and women of God. And so they landed. Now, they know nothing, nothing about what's going on in our life. As soon as they get in the car, they look over at us and they said, when are you going to plant that church? God uses people. And most of the time it confirms what you're already hearing. Right? God uses people. But here's the deal is that just because they said does not mean that I took it to the bank. You know what I did? I went to another person and another person and another person and another person. Because I want to know what God is saying. I want to know what God is speaking. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude, come on, somebody say multitude, of counselors, there is safety. Don't just take what some one person said as it's God. Seek counsel. Now, here's a couple of things that I'll give you just quickly. Number one, if you wouldn't trade lives with them, you probably shouldn't ask advice for them. If you wouldn't trade lives with them, don't ask advice from them. If your Aunt Susie's been married 18 times, probably shouldn't go to Aunt Susie for marriage advice because she's going to say, leave him. Just throwing it out there. Wouldn't trade lives with them. Don't ask advice from them. The second thing you need to know is ask a lot of people what you feel like God is speaking to you. Seek counsel in the multitude. Amen? Number four, I got to hurry. Promptings. These are hard to explain, but they're nudges. They're just nudges. They're things that God speaks. And and here's the way that you know it's God is because it doesn't sound like you. You know, it's that, that nudge that you get. You need to apologize to your husband because you were wrong. That's not really the nudge that any woman ever hears. That nudge, you know what I'm saying? You buy that person coffee. That nudge, hey, send that person a car. Yeah. 
It's the little nudges that make big differences. And God is, a lot of times he's trying to nudge us and just say, hey, you know what? Tell that person I love them. Hey, reach out and ask them how they're doing. No, how they're really doing. God speaks through promptings. Isaiah 30, 21 says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, go right or go left. It's just a nudge. It's just a whisper. The last thing that I'm telling you, God speaks through scripture. God speaks through scripture. Psalms 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I put this one last, not because it's the least important. I put it last because it is the filter that everything should go through. It is the absolute filter that everyone should go through. God will never tell you to do something that's against his word. He will never tell you to do anything that's against his word. So that means this, that if, you're, if you read the Bible and you know what the word of God says, that means when, when a desire comes in and it doesn't line up with God's word, guess what? It's not from God. You're listening to flesh, not God. If, if something comes up and all of a sudden you're, some, some door opens and you think I should walk through this, if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not from God. If someone tells you something and says God said this and it doesn't line up with his word, guess what? They are a liar. It's not from God. If a prompting happens that isn't in God's word, it's not from him. This is the way God speaks to me the most. And here's the reason why is because God has written down something for me and and it doesn't matter how many times I read his word. It doesn't matter how many times I've been through it. It seems like this when I'm still and when I'm quiet in the mornings. Nobody's around. Kids aren't asking me what's for breakfast. And I open God's word. He's able to give me the word that I need. Sometimes I'll read something that I've read a hundred times over. And in that season of my life, I'm reading it and I'm opening God's word and I'm seeing God, okay, you said this. Okay, I feel this. Okay, this is the way that you're speaking. Here's the deal, is that God is trying to get a word. He's trying to get wisdom to you. The problem is you're not listening. Make a decision to get quiet. Some of you are facing some really big things. Some of you are, you have some big decisions on the table. It's not, what should I have for dinner? It's like, these are big decisions. And you're going, God, I don't know. I'm about to the point to where I'm going to start rolling dice. I'm at the point, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do. And God's saying, ask me for wisdom. And I'll give it to you liberally. But the problem is, is that God is speaking and we're going, God, you need to speak up. And we just need to say, God, I'm gonna get quiet for just a moment. Turn off the radio. Turn off the TV. Turn off my phone and I'm going to get alone and I'm asking you for wisdom.
how do I do? What do I do when I don't know what to do? You go to God and he'll give you the answers that you need. He's always speaking through desires, through doors, through people, through promptings, through his word. Are you listening? Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we thank you. God, that you're a God that's still speaking. You're a God that's still speaking to us today. And Lord, I pray, Lord, there's some people in here that are making some really big decisions. They've got some really hard things on the table. They didn't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And they're confused. And let me just tell you this, church. Confusion is not from God. Confusion is from the enemy. God, right now, I pray that you would speak to us clearly. God, we want to be in your will. We want to do what you're calling us to do. We want to make the decisions that we're supposed to make. And Lord, I pray that even as your word says in James 1, that if we ask you for wisdom, you will give it to us liberally. Lord, I pray right now for every person that's trying to make a decision, God, that you would give them wisdom liberally. In Jesus' name. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.